on Locked On Ducks Hockey. The Ducks leave St. Louis singing the blues. Join me on today's Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, everyone, and a happy, or I guess somewhat happy Tuesday to all the hockey fans out there. This is Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast covering the Anaheim Ducks. Don't forget, you'll get fresh daily content Monday through Friday about OC's hockey team. And before I get into last night's fracas at the Enterprise Center, you can hear this podcast or any of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or try asking Siri about, you know, this podcast. So you can say, hey Siri, play the Locked On Ducks hockey podcast and see if that works. Or try looking manually on the Apple or Google podcasts. And be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And check out the Twitter. You can follow at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. And last night's game was a bit of a disaster to say the least. The Ducks started off the game rather slowly. They played the defending Stanley Cup champions, the St. Louis Blues. The last time these two teams played, as I pointed out on yesterday's show, the Elite 1C, Derek Grant, had a hat trick. Yeah, he didn't play last night. In fact, Derek Grant hasn't played for a while. So with no Derek Grant, among other players, you know, Jakob Silverberg, he's still out. You know, the Ducks are shorthanded. They are more than shorthanded and that is a shame too because they could have used the likes of some of those players we'll begin right away in the first period as we always do uh st louis came out firing right away and with about 12 minutes left in the first period nice play by st louis to get their first goal of the game and how this one came about uh was a turnover yeah turnovers kind of reared their ugly heads once again uh St. Louis gathered it around the horn, and there was a nice juicy rebound, very juicy rebound off of John Gibson. Uh, There was a shot from the point from Robert Bortuzzo, and Alexander Steen got the rebound from the faceoff dot and slammed it home. So that was Steen's third of the season. The other assist went to Braden Shen, and St. Louis went up one to nothing. But Anaheim would come right back uh, just a few minutes later. And by the way, that goal, John Gibson, you know, he had very little chance on that one. The reason that there was a rebound in the first place was because there was a ricochet off of Sam Steele's stick that resulted in that rebound. And that's how John Gibson was kind of left to dry on that rebound. So that made it one nothing. But with about four and a half minutes left in the first period, a bad, bad turnover by St. Louis. And this was one that the Blues kind of want back. Not the goalie, but just the team in general. As Robert Bortuzzo turned it over in their own zone. And it went straight, straight to Max Comtois for his fifth goal of the season. And this was a wicked wrister that he shot. Uh, Max Comtois got it from about the blue line right on the slot. And he just kind of knuckled a little bit. And it went through everybody, some decent screening, and that tied the game up at one goal apiece. Then moving forward into the second period, St. Louis would strike yet again. And it got pretty bad for the Ducks in the second period. As with about 17, 
or less than 18 minutes left in the period, again, turnovers are going to rear their ugly head. Uh, the Ducks had it in their own defensive zone. In fact, it was Max Comtois who had it right on his stick. And this was such a bad giveaway. Uh, Max Comtois had it. You know, he was about to pass it off to Lundestrom. But then right at on the giveaway, right there was Robert Thomas, who then passed it to Mackenzie um, McEachern, who then passed it to Tyler Bozak. And Bozak put it away for his 11th of the season to make it 2-1 St. Louis. So Max Comtois giveth and Max Comtois taketh away. So that became 2-1 at that point. Then, with about uh, 10 minutes left, just as St. Louis was going to go on the power play, or just as they had went on the power play, they scored another goal. Yeah, this was their third goal of the game. It was a four on three, and right off the faceoff, St. Louis won it, and that became a tic-tac-toe play. Just pass, pass, tic-tac-toe, and that left John Gibson wide open on the net, and Jaden Schwartz would have an easy goal. And this was some very, very good passing on the four on three advantage. Uh, Alex Petrangelo got it between the dots, passed it to the right to Braden Shin, and right in front of the net was Jaden Schwartz to put it away, Jaden's 16th of the season, to make it three to one St. Louis. Now, after that, it got ugly. It went from bad to worse to much worse after that. Uh, you know, Schwartz was pretty happy on that goal. St. Louis had another chance at a goal. But before we get into that, you know, the Ducks, they had their chances too. They were crashing the net as much as possible. And there was two occasions, one in the second period, where they had some great shots, a couple good rebounds. It just did not go in. And later on in the third period, same kind of thing. You know, the Ducks, they crashed the net. They crashed on, a, I mean, it was just so good how the Ducks were gaining chances. But I have to give a lot of credit to Jake Allen for really coming through at the perfect time. And Jake Allen somehow, some way, kept the puck out of the goal. And this was with about 11 and a about, no, less than 12 minutes left in the third period where the Ducks had multiple shots on net. You know, Fowler had a couple of shots. Raquel had a shot. Steele was right there to put it away. But, you know, he kind of slid into the goal crease. And that didn't create the goal. But, you know, Adam Henrique was right there. He had a great shot at it. And then it just got completely ugly halfway through the third period. And I'm going to talk you through this with as much tact as possible because this could become a meme for the rest of the season. As St. Louis was trying to, you know, play the puck past the neutral zone into their own offensive zone, it would be it would be John Gibson who would retrieve the puck behind his own net as most goalies usually do when it's him by himself. Okay, that's fine. So Gibson gathers the puck. Then we see a Ducks player kind of streaking in, and that's Hampus Lindholm, who is streaking in, trying to get the puck from his teammate, John Gibson. John Gibson begins to skate forward. Hampus Lindholm begins to skate towards the back of the net. 
And you could see where this is going. Just as John Gibson was leaning forward on this play, you know, right as he was going to pass the puck, Lindholm is right there. They both tried to turn in an opposite direction. And what ended up happening was they both slammed into each other behind their own net. That's just how bad it got. And right as Gibson and Lindholm crashed into each other, there was a loose puck behind the goal. And who would show up? Ivan Barbashev would score his seventh of the season unassisted, although give the assist to Hampus Lindholm on that one. That's what Ducks fans are saying. Just as the Maxine Comtoigle was assisted by the St. Louis Blues player uh, Robert Bertuzzo, this one was assisted by the Ducks John Gibson and Hampus Lindholm. So the hockey gods were really laughing at that play, laughing hysterically at the Ducks on that more than embarrassing goal. You know, and the way that one went, okay, I give Barbashev credit. I give him credit for looking ahead and seeing that something could possibly happen. And sure enough, he gathered the puck, brought it to himself, and just scored the easy open net goal. That's about as easy a goal as a player could get. That's it's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the Ducks. It's embarrassing for Duck fans to see this kind of play. And if Dallas Eakins was angry after the game in Chicago, you could bet he's completely pissed off about this latest performance against the St. Louis Blues. Yes, the St. Louis Blues, they won their ninth home game in a row. That is a franchise record. Yes, the St. Louis Blues are the best team in the National Hockey League. Okay, Fine, I get that. St. Louis is on a roll. They won their fourth game in a row. They have the best record in the whole West. They have the best record in the whole league. They still have many of their pieces from last season's cup run. Fine, I get that. Two gifs that I posted pretty much summed up the season in a nutshell. First was that circus in the crease where you had Henrique in front of the net. You had Sam Steele in front of the net. And Steele just could not get a stick on the puck. And the puck was right in the crease. And no one had the good chance to put it in. So that one pretty much sums up the season. But, you know, the one that is worse is that fourth goal that Anaheim gave up. It is beyond embarrassing. I mean, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I'm sure Ducks fans all around could not believe it. And they've got to be shaking their heads at that one. At this point, I'm beginning to start to think maybe it is time to embrace the tank. Because if the Ducks lose one more game on this road trip, they have two games left on this road trip before the break. They have a game on Thursday against the Nashville Predators. They have a game on Friday against those bunch of jerks, the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm going to come out and say it right now. I don't know if the Ducks can win both those games. If they lose even one, they will have the worst record in the West going into the All-Star break. Maybe it is time to tank. After the first intermission, we're going to talk about something other than hockey. Yeah, stay locked in. (laughs) 
welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And last night's game was about as bad as it got. And just to give a couple of final stats, the St. Louis Blues outshot Anaheim 34-21. to They were 5-5 to after the first period. And the last two periods, St. Louis outshot the Ducks 29-16. to Special teams, the Ducks were 0-2. for Both power plays, not the worst. At least they had a couple of decent shots on net. St. Louis was 1-for-1, and really that 1-for-1 came on that 4-on-3. As for the Ducks, one of their power plays was very abbreviated. So again, they were 0-for-1 and change on the power play. I can't completely blame them for going 0-for on the power play because of the just weirdness of that part of the game. So now I'm done talking about hockey. Let's talk about something completely different, something that I talked about last week, something that is near and dear to my heart. As I have said many times on this podcast, I am a game show fan. I have been on more than a couple of game shows. Um, I'll just say that you can find one of those on YouTube. I won't say which show. I won't say when it aired. But there was a game show appearance that I was on, and it is on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So I'm going to talk about the Jeopardy Goats tournament. Uh, Last week, I compared the three Jeopardy greatest of all time players to three of the greatest hockey players of all time. You know, I compared Brad Rutter to Maurice Rocket Richard. I compared Ken Jennings to Wayne Gretzky. And I compared James Holzhauer to some guy named Alexander Ovechkin. And so far on this GOAT tournament, maybe my comparisons were not too far off. Because comparing Ken Jennings to the great one, Wayne Gretzky, that may be fitting. Because so far in this best of seven tournament, Ken Jennings has a two games to one lead. And just to go over all three of those games, because, well, it's, you know, it's my podcast, but who wants to hear Ducks talk for the entirety of the show? I mean, the Jeopardy Goat Tournament is kind of like a sporting event. You have three competitors vying for a big million dollar prize. It's a best of seven. With the three contestants, the first Jeopardy Goat player to win three games wins the title of the Jeopardy Goat and a cool $1 million. So on Game 1, Ken Jennings had the slight advantage over James Holzhauer, and that was a game where James didn't really get too much on as far as wagering because what the players are doing, they're trying to keep the daily doubles away from James Holzhauer, and that is exactly what happened on that first game, which took place last Tuesday. On the first day, Brad Rutter did find the first daily double of the tournament and correctly answered this one correctly with last name of Robert, inventor of an electronic music synthesizer. The instrument was on the Doors album Strange Days. That, of course, is Moog for the Moog synthesizer. And I hear a lot of Moog synthesizers on a lot of classic game shows. Obviously, The Price is Right being the big one that used the Moog synthesizer. So that was on the category Musical Instruments. Then we get into Double Jeopardy. And that's where things got a little bit out of control. Ken Jennings um, 
you know, he started to dominate on that second round. Brad Rutter was in third place at the end of the Jeopardy round, but barely. So it was still really close. Brad had the first clue. He found the dealer double on the first clue, but did not guess correctly on Grigory Potemkin. So he went back down to zero because Brad tried to go for a true deal double and missed. Then, three clues later, Ken Jennings. He didn't feel comfortable with this, but he went all in. He had an 8,600-point wager, and he got it right with Lewis and Clark Clifford Odets. And this was in the category before, during, and after. And the clue read, Louisiana Purchase Explorers joined by LBJ's Secretary of Defense and a Golden Boy Dramatist. And that's where you got Lewis and Clark Clifford Odets. So you got Lewis and Clark, then Clark Gifford, sorry, Clark Clifford, and then Clifford Odets. Great clue. So that put Ken way ahead. And he was ahead almost, actually he was doubling James Holzhauer's score. And then finally on the Bible on Final Jeopardy, all three contestants guessed what are in the beginning was the word when talking about the Bible opening to a six-word first line of the gospel according to John. So Ken had the advantage early on in day one. Then in day two, it was a pretty even match all around. Uh, Brad Rutter once again found a daily double in Double Jeopardy. Unfortunately, he missed once again on not one, but two daily doubles. So Brad Rutter was 0 for 3 on daily doubles. He ended up with only 10,000 points last place. Ken won by only 200 points. It was a very close match. So that gave Ken the advantage the first win. Then we go into the second game and it was all James Holzhauer. He completely dominated game 2 and I got to tell you it was not close. Uh, James found the first daily double. Got that one correct. Then in the second round, you know, James found another deal double. And he went all in. And he got Le Havre correct. So that put him up to about 27,000. Two clues later, Ken found the other deal double. And that had a pretty comedic moment where Ken pretty much is like, you know, I got to do it. And he did it with a clear conscience. And Alex tried to goad Ken Jennings to say, if you're going to do it, you know, push the poker chips. So Ken did his best impersonation of James Holzhauer. And James, you know, said, yeah, go ahead. It's a one-time use only and you're good. And I love the one-timer that Brad Rutter had where he said, he now owns 10% of whatever you get, which was completely hilarious. Ken got that one right to make it somewhat close, but it was all James Holzhauer on that first game. He won the first one. The second game... It was fairly even, but again, this was James Holzhauer's match. He was just on fire. Brad Rutter cursed once again by daily doubles. In the double Jeopardy round, Brad found the first clue of the double Jeopardy round, got another one incorrect, and lost all of his points on the very first clue. And when you lose on a daily double in double Jeopardy, it is very hard to come back. And I could tell that Brad Rutter was on tilt a little bit. He was in the negative, did not play. And that meant that Brad Rutter had zero games. James and Ken, after two days, would be tied at one win apiece.
And then we get into game three, which was where Ken and James were tied at one game apiece. So game three could have gone either way for those two. And it was a chance for Brad Rutter to get back into it. Unfortunately, that did not happen for Brad because right away on that first game, he was kind of chasing everybody. He got the first clue on the double jeopardy round, got a daily double, missed that. So he was back down to zero once again. Ken Jennings, on the other hand, found the second daily double, doubled his money, or doubled his points, had a massive lead in the first game. And this was the turning point, I thought, was final jeopardy in game one, where this clue was given. These now two defunct parties gave the U.S. four presidents in the 19th century. And I'm proud to say I did know this one. What are the Whig Party and the Democratic Republican Party? Yes, there was a party in the United States that was called the Democratic Republican Party. Yeah, imagine that. Democrats and Republicans coming together. Oh my gosh. So all three contestants got that one correct. Ken doubled his points to 51,200. He had about a 20,000 point lead over James at the time. The second game, it got rather silly. I think all three contestants knew that Ken was probably going to take it with that massive lead. James Holzhauer did get the first daily double on the second game, and he had a chance to really come close to Ken Jennings. And sports fans, particularly college football fans, really gave James Holzhauer the business for this one, where he said, this birthstone, here's the clue. This birthstone is used in abrasives for polishing and grinding. The color pairs with gold as an official one for Florida State. And if you're a Florida State Seminoles fan, you know that the official colors are garnet and gold. Yeah, James said diamond, which prompted a few memes after that clue. So James went back down to zero and he couldn't come back after that. That would have brought him to 10,000 points only, I want to say, seven or eight clues in. He had already answered every clue correctly. So that would have jumped him out to 10,000 only halfway through the first round. He could have come back, but just that one clue did him in. And that was pretty much it for the rest of the game. Uh, Brad did get both daily doubles in Double Jeopardy. He did get both of them correct, so he came within striking distance. But it was a lock match for Ken Jennings as he did his thing. You know, it got really wild after that. One of my favorite moments, I thought, very hilarious, was in the Jeopardy round where Ken had a bit of a moment where the clue was, a 2019 New York Times article says this two-word phrase marks the end of friendly, sorry, quote, marks the end of friendly generational relations, end quote. And Ken Jennings buzzed in. I loved what he said. He said, like, I got to say it to Alex. And the answer was, what is okay, Boomer? <laughs> Everybody laughed at that one. That was a great moment. But the greatest moment, I thought, came at the end of Thursday's show, the end of Game 3. Here was the clue. These two foreign-born directors have each won two Best Director Oscars, but none of their films has won Best Picture. The clue hardly mattered at this point. So James did give his first response. And, you know, Alex, you know, read the response and he said, who is the ghost? In parentheses, it said, greatest host of syndicated TV. 
And I could tell that Alex really loved that. He smiled. The crowd applauded for that. And then he joking around. James kind of joked around. And he started to write Pat Sajak. He wrote Pat S-A-J with the line crossed out over it, which was hilarious. And James kind of looked around and shrugged. And Alex then said, I wish you had risked more points. <laughs> and then Brad comes in because he's next. And he wrote down... Ken es el hombre. In other words, Ken is the man. And his shout out to sports, he said, Eagles, Super Bowl 52 champs. Uh, Brad Rutter is a Philadelphia Eagles fan, but we won't hold that against him. <laughs> and then Alex said, I'd like to welcome you to the Jeopardy Comedy Hour. So that goes into tonight's game. Ken Jennings has won two matches. James Holzhauer has won one match, and Brad Rutter still trying to get on the board. Tonight, Tuesday, it could be the end of the tournament if Ken Jennings wins. If either James or Brad wins, then we'll have a Game 5 tomorrow night. That is Wednesday night, and all those are on ABC. And if you want to see some awesome Jeopardy action, I encourage you to check it out. You're going to see a lot of fun moments. It's one of the best things on television right now. Yeah, I can't believe I spent all that time talking about Jeopardy. How awesome is that? Because the Ducks are that terrible right now. Who wants to talk about the Ducks for this long? Well, it's been a fun show, folks. If you want to check out my personal Twitter at StimpyJD, I'm going to have some fun with Jeopardy later tonight. So I encourage everybody to check that out. Check out the show's Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. And if you want to hear any of the previous episodes, look up Locked on Ducks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And once again, Jeopardy! Goat Tournament, check that out. The Ducks do not play again until Thursday. However, it is going to be Locked on Goals on Thursday. I'll have a preview of the last two games of the road trip tomorrow. Hopefully that will be a little bit of fun. And also... Be sure to check out other Locked On shows. I talked about Locked On Kings, where I appeared on that yesterday. And I'll come back on that show pretty soon once again, because I talked a lot about the Ontario rain, the goals in the rain. You know, it was a lot of fun. So be sure to check that out. And I'll even have a little bit of that guest audio on Thursday's show as well for the goals variant of Locked On Ducks. So stay tuned for that. For Locked on Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. I'll see you at the rink. And hey, Anaheim, Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together.